Hey guys, it's your host, Seth Goldstein, with Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. And I have a very juicy, important announcement. Ever wonder how cool and refreshing it would be to hear your own voice on iTunes? Your podcast made at a touch of a button? If you haven't heard about Anchor, you are totally missing out. It's the most easiest way to make a podcast super practical, and best part of all, it's free. It even has creation tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone on the go or computer in the comfort of your own home, guys. What's even better, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with minimum listenership. It's really that easy. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. What are you waiting for? Download your free Anchor app or simply go to anchor.fm to get started. Until next time, thank you. Goodbye. It's your host, Seth Goldstein and Jim Francis bringing you each week, Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. Today is one for the books, no doubt. It's an epic day because we have a brother from another mother, a wonderful talented multi-talented if if you will uh actor of of cuban descent a wonderful actor that's making waves in hollywood and has been for the past a couple of decades you guys it is my utmost honor to welcome please help me welcome mr oscar torre how are you sir hey how's it going <laughs> welcome to our show um thank you I, I, i'm doing well man i gotta tell you uh, uh, you know, I, I've been meaning to, um, uh, it's one of those things where, where, you know, you're a tough guy, but how do you do it, man? I mean, you know, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that you, that you're, you're a tough guy. We have such a soft spot. You're a nice guy. You're, you're, you're really cool. And, and, you know, but you play a villain, you play, uh, Mr. Vinnie Malone, Vinnie Malone and Tyler Perry's, uh, the haves and the have nots. How do you do it? Do you, do you get how do you how does that work out for a man that's so cool like you man <laughs> well thank you for that intro by the way i um <laughs> my pleasure the key, the key for me is uh you hear me fine right i just wanted to make sure before i keep talking yes sir yes sir uh, okay um the key for me is trying to find this character's point of view how he sees the world and that's that's what I try to do with every character I ever play, right? Looking looking at the world through his eyes, and right. you know what do I know about this? What do I Oscar know about this? How do I feel about this? You know what am I fighting for? And once I'm able to right. find that, then yes, uh, you know then I can go there. And in Vinny's case, he's right. uh, he loves his family. Yeah. He's very he loves his family. His family is the most important thing in the world. He believes that family comes first and everything else is second. And um, I mean, and that's something that anybody can get behind. So yes, sir. That's what I'm fighting for. But in his case, he's he can be ruthless. Um right, right. But it's always it always comes from my mother's first and my yeah. family. And if any, if I feel that any of that is threatened, uh, right. then I, I can be vicious. And in, in the yes. case of on this on this show, 
he always feels threatened. So, uh, yeah. so, you know, it's him, it's him against the world. And now, you know, where the show is, is at right now, we're at the last season of the show. Okay. And, uh, since last season, Vinny Malone became the head of the family. He's now like the godfather of the, of this mob family. Ah, so now he's, yeah, he doesn't have to answer to anybody now pretty much. That's right. I mean, he still respects yeah. his mom, but he's running the show now. And um, yeah, and, and we'll see. We'll see this season. The audience will see this season how things are when Vinny's running the show. Wow. It's it's fascinating to me. I'll tell you, it's very multifaceted. And yes, at the end of the day, you know, even if they're killers, there has to be a justifiable thing. It has you have to have a nuance as a killer justify why do you kill and usually they have a good reason to to do so so that is that is true you really you know there's two sides to a story so it's that's story. fantastic when I, when I signed on uh to do the show yes and i got the script for the first season that i was on which was season five um this is season eight right now that the show is on but i came in on season five and i read the they give you all the scripts for that season that I'm in. Okay. And I was looking, I'm like, oh, the audience is going to hate this character. <laughs> I love the character, but I go, they're going to hate him. And you know what? I was wrong. What? I was Because what, what I didn't realize is that 99% of the other characters are also bad on the show. <laughs> but in Vinny's case, he's always fighting for his family. And and right. suddenly I started getting feedback from from the audience, saying, you know, hey, we love Vinny. Vinny's one of my favorite right. characters. Vinny. Yeah. Some people started a Vinny fan club on Instagram. Okay. I was totally uh -huh. like, what? Really? <laughs> and the reason what I kept hearing is like, nah, Vinny's so cool because he loves his family. It's that's one of right. the characters that's actually fighting for something else besides himself. Yes. Yes, and the unselfish. Obviously, I didn't think of that, but wow. yeah, he's he's not selfish. He probably is selfish, but his motivation is always like defending his family, even if he puts himself yeah. at risk. I mean, yeah. two seasons ago, you saw Vinny show up at a, at a at the police station. People that don't have not seen the show, it takes place in a small small town in Georgia. He shows up at a police station where his mom has been arrested. His mom, at this point, is the head of the mafia. For DUI, his mom was arrested for DUI, which he totally wow. believes that's that's BS. There's no yeah. way they arrested her for DUI. So he's convinced Vinny's convinced that somebody wants his mom dead. And that if he doesn't oh, get his man. mom out of jail that night, if she sleeps yeah. in prison in jail that night, they're gonna kill yeah. her. Yeah, that's what he's convinced. Yeah. So he shoots a cop in the police station. Yeah. He takes him out. Wow. Yeah, but, and, but um, you, know, you do anything for your mom, you know. It's, exactly, it's, it's a real. Which is extreme, a, of, of course. TV yeah. is a, it's an extreme thing, and and this would never yeah. happen. He would never walk out of there alive. <laughs> but in the TV world, you know, it turns out that the first cops to show up on the scene are on his yeah. payroll. Right. They're on his payroll, so he they back up his story. <laughs> the guy, the main guy, backs up the story of like, yeah, I saw the cop shoot himself. Yeah. What a suicide. Yeah. Oscar, I I um you know it's 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 you know you can't really I mean it's it's undeniable that 
that your talent, I mean, how you flesh this this crime this crime boss out is unbelievable. It mirrors a lot of the old crime bosses from not only fictional stories and tales, but a real life as we come to know them through books and 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 um, accounts. Um, how much did you parallel this character with uh, that of maybe an old character in an Italian boss mob or Irish mafia back in the day? Was there ever anything like, did you grow up liking these type of films? Um, not necessarily liking them, but I, but I, but I, I, as an actor, I, I, I liked some of these characters watching right. the film. But I, I honestly, I, when I booked this role, what I did was I, I had read uh, years ago. I uh, did a lot of research for the character Luck, Lucky Luciano. It was a yeah, project that I was going to do with an excellent writer by the name of Cameron Young. That never came about, but um, okay. but I, I did read a lot on Lucky Luciano. I read his biography. I read a lot of stuff on him. And then I, I remember that research that I had done, and then I went back and looked up my notes and stuff like that. I started picking out, picking out stuff that, that you know, could work for me. And in my character, in the first season, I get stabbed. And I have this this uh, this this um, scar on the neck. Okay. And obviously, Lucky Luciano had a scar over in his face. His face. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. that was a parallel that I go. Oh, that's interesting. And then I started yeah. I started doing more research, and then to see if there were any other characters more recent that I could identify with in my character Vinny Malone. And then I found Sammy the Bull. Right, Sammy the Bull. Oh my God! I'm glad he's right hand. Um, yeah, who was a, a lot smarter than what he seemed. He is. Okay. He's still alive. Um, yeah, he's not that old, actually. No, it's he's crazy. not that old. He's still alive. He got arrested again in Arizona after he he went on <laughs> for marijuana possession, huh? <laughs> Something. No, for he, meth. He was dealing. He was dealing. Uh, the, the moment he moved to Arizona on the witness protection plan, uh, yeah. the DEA noticed that the sales of drugs went up. <laughs> of the area, I feel like what has changed, and then Crazy, they finally yeah. tracked it down to, to him. Um, that's insane, man. I mean, the bull was another guy who, who was kind of like you know, rough around the edges and, and yeah, but smarter than what he seemed. Uh, I mean, he outsmarted John Gotti at the end, yeah. Wow, uh, that was nuts, huh? The way that, yeah, panned so, out so those, those two characters are two, the two main characters that I had looked at. And obviously, then I made it my own. You do a lot of research, and you, you right. basically right. what I do is to see more about that world, you know. And then I yeah. saw a lot of video on on you know with Sammy the Bull. There's a lot of stuff online that you yeah. see interviews and stuff, and he liked he liked the attention a little bit uh, afterwards. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a lot helpful. But then you go, you know, you you make it your own. You're not those characters. Yeah. I'm yeah. Vinnie Malone, a fictional yeah. character that Tyler Perry wrote right. beautifully, and um, and then you you know you play with it. You personify it. You personify it. Bring your own uh, essence into it, and then and then bada bing bada boom. We have Vinnie Malone. I love totally. it. I love. It. Hey, that you you are a likable guy, man. Let me just tell you, you're a likable guy, um, and and you know um, we are so lucky and blessed to have. Um, you know, you on the show, but then also to have you on the screen because you portray these characters quite well. Um, Thank you. Thank uh, you so much. 
got to tell you that. And also, I wanted to ask you now, like, kind of switch gears a little bit into uh, directing. So you debuted uh, um, uh, as a director in your wife, uh, your wife's uh, film, right? Chuti 2, uh, your wife, um, Chuti 2's uh, film. Uh, it's a rose. I think it's a rose. Pretty rosebud. Pretty, pretty rosebud. Pretty rosebud. Pretty rosebud. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to watch yeah. it, by the way. I'm going to I'm gonna do a little commercial here. It's on Tubi TV. Yeah. It's on IMDb. Yeah, it used to be on Amazon Prime. Now I think it's just on Amazon, but you can watch it through IMDb for free, Tubi TV, different other places. Um, yeah, my wife Absolutely. wrote that script. She had written that the, the first drafts of that script right. before we even met. And, uh, wow. and when I read the script, I was blown away by it. And I'm like, wow. But I, at that point, I had never imagined, um, I never imagined um, directing. I wasn't thinking about directing wow. when I first read it. Years right. later, it she, kept, she kept going back and rewriting and, and working the script and tightening and stuff like that. And at some point, um, we decided to make the film and we were yeah. going we to co-produce it and she was going to star in it and I was going to play a role in the film. Um, and then we started looking for directors and we started talking to different people and considering different people. And at that point, I was a little curious about directing, but never thought I'd jump in and direct a feature film. I thought I'd start like everybody else, you know, direct a short film or something. Um, yes. I never directed anything on camera. Wow. So wow. the more we talked about, the more we talked about different directors, they had different strengths. But also, there were things that I'm like, ah, I don't know if they're going to get this because the script is a little tricky. And um, the character could come off unlikable if not handled well. So right. the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what? I think I can direct this. And finally, I told her. I was a little afraid because I've known marriages that have, you know, dissolved. When you <laughs> work together like this, like in a, especially what? she wrote the script. She's starring in yeah. it. She wrote the script, and and the theme is, you know, it's a it's, it's a mature theme. It's a tricky. She's a housewife. She's supporting the husband, and and a lot of things happen in the film that are interesting. Right. And it's a marriage that's not going well. At this point yeah, in the story. Right. So when I told her that, she says, "I was hoping you'd want to direct it. I didn't want to ask you because you had not said anything about directing, but I was hoping you'd you'd say you." You would direct it. So it, luckily it turned out well. And I like to joke that when I've directed her, since then I've directed her um, a few other times. Uh, I like to joke that it's the only time she ever listens to me <laughs> when, when I'm directing her. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, that's what I wanted to know, the creative process. Now, you're working with your wife. Um, what was the... Um, uh, you know, dynamics like, I mean, you guys had a few disagreements, but by and large, um, she was agreeing with you on most parts because you obviously, you know, you, you said, I'm going to be the director and she says, okay, yeah, I would love for you to be a director. And, um, it must've been so fun. Like, do you have any anecdotes of like, um, of, of, of you guys, maybe like a certain situation that was pretty funny? Uh, I'm sure I have a million right now. Okay. Um, or 
or how about how about a situation a situation where you guys both like at first at first disagree but then you guys learn to um agree to disagree and then you guys end up okay like you said that you know how sometimes with our spouses we say oh she'll say something first and then you say no i bet you it's gonna be this way and then you guys both end up like being wrong but then you guys are right together and you then you come back to like okay i told you i told you i was right <laughs> type thing you know that that never happened that never happened actually while we were filming um i'm sure during the script when we're talking about filming the movie we're working the script we 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 probably disagreed on some stuff or or talked it out. I don't remember disagreeing. I don't remember her ever saying no. Right. We were uh, we were really on the same boat and steering in the same direction, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think that's why it worked well because we had right. the same goal and we pretty much we agreed and we this conversation we had before before we ever shot that on right. set okay. I was the boss. Right. I can't have you, the lead actress who wrote the film, questioning me on mm -hmm. set because what happens is, and I've been there before as an actor. Um, I've learned more than uh, learned more about directing as an actor when things didn't go well than when things went well. When wow. things go well right. on set, it's it's smooth sailing. You don't realize, you know, all the work that it takes for that captain to steer that boat. Um, but when things don't go well, you quickly learn a lot if you're paying attention. Okay, why is this not working? Why? The, and you see often the director's not getting along with maybe the lead actor or the director is no, having no. issues with the writer <laughs> or with the DP, the director of photography. Right. And, you know, and he, and he, when that happens, then the crew starts losing trust in the director. They start questioning what the director's right, doing. Right. They, Absolutely. you know. They they start talking and, and then you lose the crew. It's like it's like right. a boat. You lose the crew. Once you lose the crew, you lost control of your film. It, it, it capsizes, right? Yeah. Um, so I that was important to me that you know we're on this that we agreed on set. And if she disagreed, she could disagree and we can have a conversation, creative conversation, but privately, nobody had to find out. But that never really happened. Every conversation we had was about her role on set, okay, let's do it again. I liked what you did. Um, maybe less of this or more of that, or let's try this, or maybe I think what you want, that kind of thing. But she was so prepared, wow, honestly, yeah. as, as an actor. She came in so ready. She knew, I mean, it was a low-budget movie that we were financing, so she knew that time was of the essence and right. that there's always delays when you're shooting something uh, that you can't, at every film, I don't care if it's this or Hangover Three. There's stuff that yeah. don't go according to plan, and then you know it takes a little longer to shoot. But when you're shooting a film with two hundred million dollars, you have that luxury. But when you have when wow. you're shooting a low budget film, you don't have the luxury of losing days or hours. So that didn't really happen. I mean, we got a, we got along well filming. It was a great experience, and that's why we've done. Um, it was like good bonding time for you guys. I bet. We've done Good after that time. lately. Last the last year, the last two years, I said, mm -hmm. you know what? I want to direct more. I hadn't directed since. I want to direct wow. more. So I, I had written two short films. One was very experimental that I just wrote. I really wanted to test the camera out. 
and then okay. I had not worked with the director of photography. So we shot this quick short film in a day. Actually, it's on Amazon. Amazon okay. Prime. You know what? People will watch it for free, I think. I don't know if it's still What's there. What's it called? It's called it's called um, the Conquest. Okay, the Conquest. The Conquest, and guys. Amazon Conquest. Prime. And we okay. shot that in we shot that in four and a half hours. Um, really? It, it was a camera test that turned okay. out pretty well. I showed it to people. People liked it, and I said, "Yeah, why not? I'll put it out." And you know. Wow, you don't cease to amaze us, Oscar. <laughs> wow, oh, man, wow. thank you, thank you. Well, you know, we kind of got lucky there. But really, it was it was because we did another movie called Just a Man and a Woman that okay. I that I wrote and directed and stars my wife Judy and uh, and a great actor friend of mine Roberto Sanchez and it's a love story and basically what I, the other movie The Conquest I shot it in the same exact location because the reason why I said that was a camera test I needed to get into that room. And going back and forth, just a man and a woman. It's about a couple who meet in a room once a week. And okay. I'm just gonna leave it at that because I don't want to give anything away. No, and no, no, gonna, no, don't. We just we just started submitting to film festivals and stuff. So if you're a film festival, um, just a man and a woman, hit us up. Uh, but so I needed to get in the room that we're gonna shoot just a man and a woman to be able to see how I'm gonna shoot this. So since I had to pay for the hotel room, I'm like, you know what? We might as well shoot something. And we got we're trying out the camera anyway. Mm -hmm. So so we shot a quick film that that's I crazy. started with with Judy, just because it was just me and the DP, and, and that's it. Wow. We shot this quick fantastic. film and it came out well. We edited it. Wow. It's a short six minutes long, that one. And that's yeah. that's the conquest. So Bravo, that's how brother. That came Bravo. Wow. It's it's just it's unbelievable because I also know that. Pretty rosebuds, um, based on what I learned, that it was a, it, it was first it was a theatrical production, and then later you, she kept rewriting it. Judy kept rewriting it, reworking it, and finally decided to just do let's just do a film, and and you guys created a film. Was is, isn't that the case? Well, she no, she wrote it to to, to for it to be a film. Um, okay, but finally we decided to you know we're actually going to shoot this. Regardless right. of the budget, we're going to shoot it. And that's when we got into casting and we started making phone calls and we got some wonderful actors wow. to come on board that, you know, that we had worked with or were friends with. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a great cast. We had Dana Lee. We have Kip Shiltani. Uh, we had Wolfgang Bodison, who did A Few Good Men, who was one of the leads in A Few yeah. Good Men with Tom Cruise. Yeah. It was, it was um, Yeah. Tamara Brown, good, good, who had just won yeah. an Emmy at that point for General Hospital, or I think for General yeah. Hospital, she had just won an Emmy. Um, so a lot of people came on board and, you know, and worked yeah, for the sad minimum. Hey, man, it must be, like, I'm thinking that's so rewarding, my friend, to see, you know, the final product and, and you both completing it, you know, husband and wife. That That's truly very awesome, man. And, you know, I just got to hand it to you. How, how cool that was. And it must have been a great team because it takes a great team to make something like this come to fruition, right? Um, oh, totally, totally. And, and I wanted to sort of like now um, kind of segue a good time because you did uh, put it out there uh, about The Hangover 3, one by far one of my favorite films, one of the, uh, the hangovers uh, from the installments. I, I really enjoyed um, The Hangover and I noticed you had 
uh, and Hangover 3, you just had it seemed like you were having a great time with these guys. I mean, with with the cast, you know, um, um, uh, specifically, specifically with Ed Helms. Is it Ed Helms and, and Bradley Cooper, I believe? Um, and you play. Tell us about you play your characters of police. You play uh, Officer Vargas. Yes. Vasquez. I played Officer Vas Vasquez, who's Vasquez. like, yeah, who's uh, the head of the police uh, uh, in Mexico, in that area okay. where you know they get arrested. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was. I mean, to to be cast in that role in a film like wow. this, you know, they had done two prior films. Obviously, the first one who was that was a huge hit. <laughs> yeah. And both these films, you know, have made incredible amount of money, and a lot of people had seen. So it's 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 a blessing when you're able to work on a project that everybody sees. And um, yes. and the third film. Uh, a lot of uh, momentum, people wanting to see it, wanted to see what was going to happen. And when I auditioned for this, I was thrilled. And then I got a call back and I got to meet Todd Phillips and I, I kind of hit it off with him in, in the audition, I felt. Um, and then, you know, cut to um, in Arizona and the border shooting the exteriors of the scene of the, of the movie, of my scene, with these three guys. And that was and they're, I mean, those three guys are, they're, they're great. They're great. They're and they're great, great to work with. Yeah, they're great to work with. You can see that they've been working together for a long time and they, they seem to be friends and, and, and yeah. very welcoming. Not, there was, there was no, I never got a sense of, of ego with them or, you know, we're the stars and getting paid $15 million for this movie each. Or anything like yeah. that. Or anything like that. <laughs> it was just like you know we're actors and we're gonna try to make the best of this scene and how could this scene work the best? And it was no different, honestly. The difference was the budget, but there was no right. difference. And when I've done you know when I've done a small film and you're working with good actors and you're trying to you're trying to make it work and you know and yes. you have a director who's open to to being creative. In this case, he also had the time. Todd Phillips right. to shoot this scene. And Todd is great to work with. Anybody who's worked with him can tell you, uh, at least my experience was very creative and very like, okay, let's let's try this. And, and he lets you chances and improv a little and, and see what comes out. Wow. That is that is amazing to allow wiggle room for for the actors to sort of be able to chime in with with their own uh, um, you know the choices that they're gonna make and whatnot and and creativity comes into play and it's just pure magic right totally totally you know what's interesting about top he um when we were shooting not the first week not not the first week that we were shooting in Arizona because there were tons of extras and it was a lot it was stressful it was stressful um. But when we're shooting in LA and at Warner Brothers, that so we have more time. Um, he asked me. He called me over and he asked me about Pretty Rosebud. He says, "Hey, I heard wow. that you directed a, a a feature film, was a low budget feature film. How was that?" He started asking me about the budget and had how 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 was direct how did I, how was my days like when I had so little money to show. He was really interested in. in here he was directing a, a, I don't know how much it was, over $200 million budget. Yeah. He wow. wanted to know what I, you know, how I directed a, a, a feature film with a budget that he has for, for I don't know, 
10 minutes. Hey, that's a real creative man right there. That's a real one. Um, you know, it's a dying art for some of these people, you know, but this is a real guy right there uh, to take his time. And, and he, he saw, uh, he saw obviously the, the, the quality of an actor that you have, what you bring. And, and was, and that was really, I'm sure a very cool moment, you know, for him to have asked you about how, how you went about creating your production. That's what a, what a stand-up guy, right? Totally. Totally. It was, it let me was, ask you, let me ask you about the boatman where you play, um, where you play a smuggler or as they call them, the coyotes, the coyote, a coyote. Yeah. And, 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 and you played a, 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 you know, tell us a little bit about that. That must've been, I'm not saying difficult so much because we're, um, you know, uh, yeah, we speak for both of us. You were born in the United States, but we know the stories. We know the struggle. We see the struggle more than ever. We see children coming across the border, all, all of this going on. How, what was that like, man? I mean, shooting this 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 film. Well, again, again, it's um, it's, um what am I fighting what for? I, what what do I believe in? What what am I trying to accomplish? And um, the the boatman was a very interesting character because he wasn't a villain. He wasn't the typical coyote, you know, story of the coyote who's trying to take advantage of people. In the contrary, he was somebody right. who had a reputation for being a man of his word. And if he told you that he'd get you across, he'd get you across. Um, so I went, that was something that, that but it's a, it's a sci-fi film. It has a sci-fi twist. Um, it was very well received. The LA Times loved it. I recommended the film and gave it a great review and it played in a bunch of festivals. And it's out also on Amazon. This is out on Amazon Prime, I believe, and Tubi TV and all that as well. You can watch it for free there. Um, but it was a fantastic role. It's a quiet, he's quiet. He's a quiet man who um, who drinks too much, doesn't really like people. And it intrigued me that this is the protagonist of the story. He's the lead. He's the one we're rooting for. At the same time, he doesn't seem to be a very likable person. Wow. Interesting. That's interesting. But, but you know, people understand. I think the audience, the more they got to know him. And then, obviously, different things about his life were revealed during the film. But to me, it was it was... I really enjoyed playing that character, and I really wanted to play that character. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, it took a while for me to get cast in that film, and it went my way, and then it went a different direction, the role with another actor, and then it came back to me, and luckily, you know, luckily I ended up playing playing him. Le, le, I, You know, I so it's called The Boatman, guys, and uh, you said it's uh, it, it's for it's probably most likely free right now on on uh, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime, yeah, Amazon Prime okay. or Tubi All TV. Right. Those who have Tubi TV and a bunch of different other sites you can look for. Yeah. We're gonna look out for that film for sure. Um, I also wanted uh, to to ask you with regards to um, a typecast. Uh, it happens that some people are typecast as like a villain, you know, you, you, you seem to be able to play quite a bit of different roles, but people get sometimes um, casted or put in a box. Do you have a problem with getting typecast? Um, that's a great question. 
No, if the role is great. Okay. If it's well written, um, because when the roles are roles are well written, they tend not to be the same. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, you, maybe you're playing the head of a mob family or something. Let's say if I were to play another role. But if it's well written, it's a different role. It's not like Vinnie Malone. It has different elements to that character. It has right. To me, it's it's. Do I want to explore that world? Do I want to go that direction? Do I want to walk in this guy's shoes? That's what what it comes down to, and and bringing the humanity. They're all human, uh, you know. Bringing the humanity to the character. Um, that's that's important to me. That 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 decides whether I say yes to doing a role or not. And I, I I've turned down a lot of roles over the years. Because they felt like I was being typecast, but right. not for the right reasons. You know, it was like, yeah, I really can't be interesting to this. And it's not well written. Right. Or to me, I don't find it interesting. Maybe it's well written, but I don't find it interesting to go there again. Right. Um, I did. A, I did. A, I was on a show that opened a lot of doors for me called Kane with Jimmy Smith's. Oh, okay. Now yeah, in the Heights. So go watch Jimmy in the Heights. Beautiful, great show. Kane. It was on CBS. We only got one season because a writer strike came, and it was a fantastic role. I played a, a guy who had just arrived from Cuba and starts working for the Jimmy Smith's character and becomes his right hand man. Um, becomes really tight with Jimmy, and it was a character that was very well rounded. He was very human. He loved his mom. Again, he loved his mom, but could be ruthless, but was loyal to a fault. Um, so it was a very interesting character. So after I did that role, that opened a lot of doors for me. I offered roles that were very similar, but not well-written, or not as well-written as this character. And I ended up turning down a lot of work, you know, that because it was like, okay, I already played Santo. His role was named Santo. Great name. Or a guy who's a killer, Santo. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But he was very likable. He had a great sense of humor and he cracked jokes and, and you liked him. Um you couldn't figure him, the audience couldn't figure him out at the beginning. So after that, I got you know offered roles, and it was like, nah, that's totally being typecast, but not not for the right reasons. So I'm not sure if I'm answering giving you a straight answer, but I often tell actors, you know. Keyword in typecast is cast. And um, especially when you're starting out in your career, you need to be able right. to you need to be able to work. And I'm not saying just because of the money. I'm saying because you need to be in front of a camera and experience that. Or on stage or whatever you choose wherever you choose to be, but you need to be acting. Right. It's good advice. Yeah, absolutely. Um the great Oscar Torrey, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, you you have uh, yeah. It, it really did answer the question. I'm because you know there's it, it, people characters have to have um, nuance. These characters have to have more than just one dimension. And I think, like you said, at different elements. I began to think about it, and there's so much that you can bring to a character also. And um, I mean, if you're if you're obviously if the, the director tells us what I want you to do, just come in and kill somebody, just be do that, then that's it. But if there's humanity to it, maybe it just paints a different picture. That would be kind of cool, right? 
So um, definitely um, it's 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 worth noting that that, you know, it's good to to at the beginning, at least of our careers to to not be, um, you know, not not get not get too too nitpicky with what what they give you. But maybe later on, um, as you have more and more experience and you get better at it and you're a bigger artist, then maybe you can expand your wings a little bit. Right. And get and say, well, I can pick and choose what I like, sort of, so to speak, what 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 resonates with me or if this character a little I more, play, I like a little it. more, yeah. yeah. A little more wiggle room um you know wow i don't know where time went man <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> it flew by oscar and um you know what i am beyond grateful stoked uh you have to come back another time man for part two we have to do a second part of this um you know so uh let's do that but let's also uh, take the time right now to give us your social hand uh social media handles so people can follow you and the movies where we can um, access these films. Um, I, I just don't want to leave anything out, Oscar. <laughs> okay, uh, my Instagram, which is the best way to follow me, and I respond to most, you know, most messages I get, is Oscar Torre, actor. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram, and I post about where I'm coming out and what have I done and stuff like that. I, I played one of the leads in a film that's coming out uh, at some point probably in the next year, called uh, Seventh and Union, alongside Seventh, Omar Chaparro. Seventh okay. and Union. Yeah. Okay. Alongside Omar Chaparro and Felipe Esparza, Eddie Ganim, Greg Daniels. Great, great cast. Um, that should cool. be coming out. And tune in on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock on OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network, to watch The Half and the Half Knots, the last season. And I'm on the last, uh, I think I'm on the last four episodes. We only shot eight. I'm on the last four episodes. So we're close to me coming out. That's fantastic. And now, uh, uh, Pretty Rosebuds, where can we where can we see the uh, your, your your wife's film? Pretty Rosebud is on, um, you can watch it on Amazon. You can watch it on Tubi TV for free. And it's on IMDb. IMDb uh, TV, right? IMDb, yeah, IMDb TV. TV. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I started watching it. <laughs> and it's, it's iTunes. It's on iTunes. It's on a bunch of other places as well. I okay. think it's on YouTube if you pay for it. Okay. And Boatman? The Boatman is also on Amazon. Amazon. Boatman is on Amazon Prime. It's probably the best way to watch it, Amazon Prime or Tubi TV if you want to watch it with commercials, if you don't have Prime. That's fantastic. My brother, are you going to stop by when we do the, the video component? Are you going to be on my podcast? I'd love to. Fan, brother, it's been nothing but a pleasure talking to you. My Ladies pleasure. and gentlemen, the great Oscar Tori. Thank you once again, Oscar, for coming on on Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. Until next time, guys, this is it. I'm sorry. It's time for us to go. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you. Oscar Tori, guys. <laughs>